Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Here's Gourlami. Oh, what's in the box? Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers, uh, uh, season two. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, we're my, still here. My name is Ian. This is Kenny. And hey bro, this is Paul Damien. We kept him. We was here, he's I'm still alive. here. You're still he's... here, bud. Wait yeah. a minute. I, um... <laughs> I had to fight tooth and nail to make sure <laughs> to they didn't kill me, yeah. but I'm here. Yeah, I still got all the scratches from it, man. I, know. <laughs> I lost a leg. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we're talking about this week, which is Hawkeye. I wrote down mm-hmm. all the credits the for Hawkeye? this there's book. A, there's kind of a bunch of them. There is kind of a mm-hmm. bunch of them. So um, th- we're, we're talking about Hawkeye this week, right. and, and it's all because of the show on Disney+. Plus. But we're going to be talking about What's the it called? comic. Hawk dude? Yes, Hawkeye. Actually, uh, 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 Pizza Dog. Yeah, well, that's that's the show on Netflix. Yeah, they might as well give him one, Jesus. Um, But uh, yeah, let's talk about Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and predominantly David Aja, Mm -hmm. who were like the the big designers of this book. But throughout this whole run, we get plenty of great, you know, other artists on this book, like Javier. Uh, Polito, Matt Hollingsworth does a lot of the colors. Francisco Francovia. Francisco Francovia, which I was very happy to see <laughs> and recognize now, considering yeah. I've read all this shit before, but to actually be like, holy shit, that's fucking Francovia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the art. And then uh, Steve Lieber and Jesse Ham work on an issue together. Annie Wu does a lot of the. Um, the third volume. Yes, which mm-hmm. is mostly Kate Bishop stuff. And then uh, Chris. Uh, Ilopolos and uh, Jordi Belair do some of the color and inking in a couple of the other issues. M- mix master names over here, you know, just good job, buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a great fucking book. Uh, overall, 22 issues, uh, one annual. Mm-hmm. But this time we read it through how the volumes collect all of the right. issues. And so I wanted to talk about that because th- they're the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you go and pick them up, they're kind of expertly put together Mm -hmm. the first volume is issues one through five with some of young avengers presents number six um which i didn't read i I just kind of skipped over that um and then the second volume six through eleven and then this is where it kind of gets cool is Mm -hmm. the third volume is literally all the kate bishop stuff and it starts with the annual number one and goes to issues 14 then 16 then 18 then 20 and then the last uh collection kind of collects everything else that Clint's been up to and some of the backstories and, and some of the other bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get issues 12 through 13, 15, 17, 19, and then 21 and 22. Um, altogether, that makes a bang-up story. And the third volume can stand on its own pretty well by itself. Mm-hmm. All you kind of need to know is that... Um, the Hawkeyes are on the outs uh, yeah. with each other. And she's chosen to mm-hmm. go to the other side of the country to even get out of other situations, yeah. you know, from New York. Um, but let's let's talk about all of this book because it's kind of 
denser than I ever remember. There's, there was, I agree. There was issues in here that I kind of forgot I ever read or maybe didn't read when it came back came out originally, like the uh, animated issue. <laughs> yeah, where it's like the cartoon dogs and shit. Oh, dude, that was rough. <laughs> Um, well, because I, I read Get it this it morning and I had a huge bark. headache. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> you did that on purpose. You asshole. Oh, dude. <laughs> what, well, I mean, the thing is, is something like that, I, I consider like what I would call like a filler issue in a mm-hmm. way, which is you can kind of tell it's more t- a condensed little story and doesn't maybe have mm-hmm. everything to do with the overarching. So I kind of sped read it a gotcha. little bit in the sense of not reading every single box panel and yeah. more just getting what I needed to know from every page and what the point they were trying to grit across is, which is just that Hawkeye is the unpowered yeah. person on the team you know who's yeah, just kind of re- yeah, yeah. reiterating that point you know so um i don't know you're right it was way denser i was kind of surprised at how m- much time it actually took me to read through these 22 issues when i remembered mm. so much of it being without dialogue and knowing kind of how the latter part is and yeah. knowing how little dialogue there was going to be in the later issues um I just kind of thought of it be much more of a speed read, but it definitely took some time to slow down and read. And I think it comes partly from having an appreciation for these characters more than when I did the first time I read it or That's even just the, the universe built around it in and of itself. And really thinking about the relationship between Kate Bishop and Hawkeye and even the relationship between every female we seem to yeah. have him run into throughout this whole uh this whole storyline, which I really do love, is one of the things I think is hilarious is that he just kind of has this like this uh menagerie of women that he yeah. has to kind of like deal with throughout this whole uh, this menagerie of women that he keeps fucking over yeah exactly <laughs> basically yeah, fucking up yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, uh what were we gonna say spill it spill the beans blow that load let let the cow out cow let the cow out of the bag <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> let the cow out of the bag I, I meant to say cat but i said cow so i just ran with it you know what i mean you just okay. mood with it. Yeah. <laughs> plant those eggs. Come on. Shut Planting the hell those up, eggs. bitch. <laughs> no, um, y'all, when y'all told me about the this comic, y'all, y'all did make it seem like it was going to be a much easier read, but it was definitely <laughs> meatier than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, uh, as y'all already know, I only read the uh, first two volumes. Yes. I got into the fourth volume because y'all told me not to worry too much about the third. Yeah. Um, the third volume is very good, but it is... It's not... Kate and right. Clint. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I read maybe like the first issue in volume four. Um, okay. But past that, I just had a bad headache this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't really read much. Can you um, talk more on why you had a bad headache? Because I drank a lot of alcohol last night. Oh, shit. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> you were just that uh, happy about uh, no. how good all those uh, I was upset UFC fights went? about the UFC fights. <laughs> so I drank more so, alcohol, Kenny. So was it depressed <laughs> drinking? No, I was, I was having a good time. Okay. <laughs> but I was having a good time with the guys. I was upset about the fights. We were Wait, all, who we were are these other upset. guys? Wait, hold yeah, on. We're I supposed to be we the, guys. the guys. What is happening right now? Mikey and Steven. I'm Do you have a UFC podcast? I oh my god! I, we should make a UFC podcast. <laughs> I'll produce it for you guys. You yeah, I'll just I'll just pick all the fights, mm-hmm. and if people listen to to me, all they have to do is pick what I don't pick, and they'll win. They'll constantly win, and I'll always lose because oh. I'm very bad at picking fights. Oh. 
<laughs> so you're saying you'll you'll predict he's like yes. he's like the anti good luck gambling charm, yeah. and like, you'll you'll say who you're gambling for or who you're betting on yeah and then everyone who listens to the episode will know to bet the opposite of you exactly oh okay that's good so did like you that. did you bet on clint barton or did you bet on the tracksuit bros um the tracksuit bros oh. me too bro <laughs> gotta go with the russians bro yeah. every time you always go they're, russian bro. they're just so good such good bros bro <laughs> uh, but yeah let's talk about this book because the first two volumes are pretty fucking good mm-hmm. they are there's a lot of action in the first two volumes that that um is kind of what this book is known for right and and the art style, of course, mostly done by David Aja. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to say Annie Wu. Did I say Annie? No, yeah, I, no I, you, you, I mentioned, you mentioned the Wu. extensively on Annie Wu for for a minute. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> we we did we wooed it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually it really enjoy like the little things that are also showing up in the show. I'm not going to speak too much on it because okay. I don't want to give you spoilers. Yeah, because you haven't the, watched much. Yeah. Um, but there are things that since you've read the comic. You're gonna see in the show later on, then you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." It's just yeah. like little things here and there, um, like little banter that Kate and Clint have. It's kind of it's in the show, but it's like switched around or something oh, like that. So it's so actually kind of funny. The fuck up now. Well, see, yeah, and, I, and now I know exactly what you're talking about. But it's definitely interesting to see the nuances they chose mm-hmm. to pull directly from this, or choose to exactly kind of flip the script mm-hmm. of relationship on certain things, so that we get to see through this but the main thing i wanted to note on which is that uh i watched the first episode before we started mm-hmm. reading this and mm-hmm. so you know Haley steinfeld comes on pretty strong as kate bishop even through episode number one right. but then to start reading this comic he literally describes her as basically a hyper talented nine-year-old and so i mean to have you know even like in the comic books that yeah. clint barton be like and she's kind of great i mean i love her for that it feels like a pretty honest representation of the character being put to screen and that i do they do, do enjoy. a good job with and it, to now i've read the story over again it's like oh yeah kate bishop's a fucking nut you know that yeah. does and says really dumb shit <laughs> all the time you know so it made I, me really excited to read this because because mm-hmm. i've been keeping up with the show Oh, so you've been watching it week to week? Same. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I watched the first two episodes when they came out and then just have failed to pick it back up since. It's all right. By the time this comes out, uh, all the episodes will have been out. Oh, okay, good. um, I said cool and good at the same time. (laughs) Good, good. We hope you guys liked it. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope so. I I have high hopes for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this this book is pretty great. And they they start with Madame Mask as mm-hmm. like one of the main antagonists, other than the tracksuit bros. And Madame Mask is, I think, one of the coolest looking like ground level villains I've seen in Marvel continuity. Mm-hmm. I love her design. I mm-hmm. love that she has like just a black bob with a gold mask and then a white suit. Like she just looks fucking what, dope. What's her shtick? I don't know. Like, what's her thing? No, no you know, clue? I don't fucking know. I mean, they explain it pretty good through what we've read in mm-hmm. this. I feel like, which is that you know, just that it's a she's the daughter of Count Nefarious. Yeah, she's the daughter of an already evil guy, and so do you think he put out cigarettes on her face? <laughs> no, because well, I mean, the thing is, is, her whole thing is life model decoys is what we kind of come. to I think find that's, out. but that's 
new to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that's kind of like a rewriting of Madame. I Mask. see what you're mm-hmm. saying. And so I think previously she did have a scarred face that she was embarrassed to show. Uh-huh. But I don't know for sure. But right. yeah, I was gonna say even with the life model decoy thing, she could be several bodies past whatever scarred version yeah, of herself, you know, existed yeah. up into that point. And now she's, you know, she's got it. They all just every time every time she like gets a new one, it just the scar continues. Yeah, this it just bitch, moves on. <laughs> this bitch chips a nail, she probably gets a new body, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, have they shown any of her in the show? No. No. Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I don't think that'll be a thing to be. Well, speaking. Frank quietly. To, speaking to that, all that, um, we see like all of New York's underground as well. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. first couple of issues, we see Kingpin, we see Owsley, we see Tombstone, uh, Hammerhead, you know, tracksuit mafia, you know, just yeah. everybody's there. And oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool to see, especially in David Aja's style, which is kind of like, noirish mm-hmm. you know it's it feels kind of like a detective story but the ca- main character is not a detective you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> and to see all of these kind of like you know uh head you know mafia heads come together in a book like spider-man or daredevil it's like oh, okay well they'll they'll be able to handle this situation but to see all of these heads come together for someone like clint barton it's like oh no they're gonna go fuck his <laughs> shit up you know like this oh jeez. <laughs> So uh, it feel, feels kind of almost like a greater presence in a yeah. fun, crazy enough way in this book to be like, oh, no, if everybody's coming together against him, this is going to be a genuine problem for him to have to handle, you know? Uh, what was some of you guys' favorite issues in this book? I, uh, I, I think I want to highlight first the 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 first issue where oh, we meet yeah. Lucky. Um, I, oh, dude, yes, it's fucking good. Where he's just like, fix this dog, you know, and he's like, fix my dog, this dog, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's I fucking love the first issue. This mm-hmm. the, it's the best issue besides, like, I don't know, it's just the best issue throughout all this run. Here, I, I need to go grab my favorite issue. Really oh, okay, <laughs> you know, you know why I love that issue so much? It's because watching the show, I saw the dog. And I was like, poor boy, what happened to him? Yeah. And so I got to see what happened to him, and it just made me feel better. Um, that okay. That's also my other favorite issue. So issue 11 is my personal <laughs> favorite, which is the entire issue we get from Pizza Dog's point of view. Yeah, yeah. And there's like 10,000 reasons His name's why. Lucky. There's like 10,000 <laughs> reasons. Like three names. Yeah. Why I like Arrow in his story so much. Um, but more than anything, it's because exactly, I love the times that comics can take no dialogue and tell an incomplete and total story with it mm-hmm. or get more creative with the way they tell story. And this is that in a nutshell. And this is such creative storytelling, getting the perspective of the dog and seeing all the different smells he obviously gets off of people. But if you even pay attention in this fucking issue, it kind of like gives you information before you really get it, yeah. which is that we get to see Barney getting beaten up by the yeah. tracksuit boys mm. before we actually get to see those events take place I later that, on. I love that Lucky sees Barney and yeah. is like, equal but not yeah. too equal to Clint? S- smells like Clint, maybe? <laughs> like, yeah, it like, <laughs> yeah. could be him, but it obviously isn't. Like, And I just think this is such a well-written book that you a lot of people probably like sped over and didn't look at those little nuances mm-hmm. but if you take the time to read it it tells like an incredibly intricate story from the point of view of this dog and gives him just an even more sad story to go along with the only thing that blows me away is that they fucking 
let him into their apartment after he like attacked them. I know. And did you notice that? Yeah. He like knocks one of them off a rooftop and then he just wakes up and he's just sleeping in their, in, <laughs> yeah. in their apartment with them. It's like, man, they're really nice to the dogs they abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in the book, Lucky is, uh, he belongs to the tracksuit mafia first mm-hmm. and foremost. I don't know if that's going to be in the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far they've talked about that, but um, I, I did like that origin for lucky where it's like clint was like can i pet your dog and they were like no he's he's you know vicious or he's angry or what he's a bad boy yeah he bites (laughs) (laughs) right and uh so he just gives pizza (laughs) pizza dog and then from that moment he chooses of pizza dog yeah this guy's cooler than these assholes (laughs) i should take his side he's all there's some good pizza (laughs) (laughs) so pizza dog is like his uh superhero alter ego Mm -hmm. yeah it's like hawkeye to clint you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean this the first two volumes are great because it 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 builds so much of Kate and Hawkeye's or Kate and Clint's relationship and also allows Clint to be the fuck up in the situation. Like time and time after again. Right. Well, I was just checking your time. Okay. <laughs> um speaking of time. No, I mean and the thing is is I even feel like especially it's not even that he's fucking up so much that he's just like I mean, he is, but he's not care. It's like he doesn't really care so much to like do things the way they actually should be done appropriately. Yeah. You know, it's like he's trying to cut corners or just like get things done to be safe. And I think the writing's really great because exactly, I I feel like I would have had a hard time getting into Kate Bishop if it wasn't building really the relationship between her and Clint the way they do in this story and making it feel like they're equal halves of a coin that mm-hmm. they do in this. And that's what I really love is that he recognizes her talent to such degrees that by the time we're running alongside her we feel that way because it's like you know if clint feels that way then it has to be true you yeah, know he's the greatest definitely. archer i mean one of my favorite moments i couldn't even tell you what issue it, or what comic it was or what issue but it, you know i've seen the panels of you know it's hawkeye or it's i think it's deadpool and punisher yeah you know, standing on a roof i can tell you, know, you where this comes from yeah miles away where is it from it's I'm from curious. thunderbolts that's okay. when charles soul is writing thunderbolts and so there's a scene where, or there's a bit where I think Thaddeus Ross is the leader, Red Hulk, mm-hmm. is the leader of the Thunderbolts. And they're taking down a team of bad guys who have bullets that are designed to kill each of the Avengers. Like oh, the, wow. the movie Avengers, like, you know. Yeah. And Hawkeye, Hawkeye, it's just like a, a bullet. It's, it's just a regular <laughs> as bullet. A, a nine millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> and but is it those two characters for sure? Yes, that I and so... Punisher and 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 Deadpool knock out these guys and uh they're looking up at the building where Hawkeye is at and it's like fucking like 2 miles away or some shit or no it can't be that far away cuz you can't see that far uh but they they notice through binoculars that he's looking directly at them and Punisher's like or Deadpool's like uh does does Hawkeye have like supervision or something <laughs> And Punisher's like, no, he's just a normal ass dude. <laughs> but then, like, Hawkeye is talking to Cap later, and he's like, I saw them down, or I saw something <laughs> weird down there, and I couldn't tell exactly what it was. So it was, it was like, he just has a great eye at noticing tiny little minuscule things, you know? He was just, it looked kind of funky, but, you know, I don't have supervision or anything. So. <laughs> yeah. And so it's always painted this, this 
tale that he is basically truly an unpowered person that yeah. is just has like the sharpest of perceptions. Because I'd even argue, obviously, God damn it, I'm sorry. Daredevil is powered. You know yes, what I mean? Right. Like he's been enhanced in another way. Where Hawkeye is just a carny that is just really, really good at what he fucking does, and has just been obviously practicing his entire life. So I really yeah. do appreciate the the groundedness of him as a character and the choice of writing him in such an aggressively grounded way as this, you know, where he's just really a, a bachelor just fucking around, you know? <laughs> yeah. How um, how did y'all feel about um, the intros to each of these uh, comics? Because each one starts off exactly the same, which is this looks bad. No, yeah, yeah this looks <laughs> yeah. bad. Uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's I like think, a little bit of continuity. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Each each issue, especially within the first 11 or so issues, feels like its own episode. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? And so it it's really cool to see it that way where it's like, you know, uh, you don't have to, especially with how, you know, comic reading is nowadays where Marvel and DC where everyone just kind of has to start somewhere you mm. could start on hawkeye issue four and be like i heard really good things about this let me start right here and you could probably jump in you know what i mean definitely and i really parade that about this run is that it feels especially the first half of it it feels very um user friendly i guess how did you guys <laughs> feel about the fact that hawkeye was just like throwing money around this entire thing and right. it all kind of starts off with the conflict of him just choosing to buy out yeah. the whole building <laughs> Um, I mean, I feel like I, even before I remembered the exact details of it, it's just one of the circumstances where you're like, they obviously just want the building and not more money from their renters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but I just think that's such like a, once again, such a down to earth thing for someone like, you know, who doesn't have any powers to think that this is the answer, you know, yeah. just, I'll just take a shit ton of money and just throw it at the problem, you know, and that should fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and in the process, like getting Ivan deported, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like they end up fighting and shit. Um, no, I thought that that was fucking dope because mm-hmm. it it's exactly like you're saying. It's like Clint doesn't know how to think things past the first level of an idea, you know? <laughs> Does it ever really explain how he got the money? Mm, he stole it from bad guys who stole it from someone else. Mm-hmm. I think there's those couple of issues that feel very James Bondish, mm-hmm. where they're fighting Madame Mask yeah. and Kate infiltrates the... Like the bidding. So do you want to get into that? So yeah. So what it is is that there's a VHS tape going around that has Hawkeye killing a guy. This is like some of the best shit in this. And that's a fucking big no no. Real quick, I wanted to before before I didn't know we were going to jump into that one already. (laughs) I wanted to talk about the intro to that comic, the way that comic starts, where Hawkeye is on the rooftop and they're all having a barbecue. Oh yeah. And he they Kate asked him if he's ever killed anybody. Oh yeah. And so Kate asked him if any killed anybody. He kind of doesn't really answer the question. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, Gil says. Of course he hasn't. He's an Avenger. And then I love the way he's like, I'm not an Avenger. And then you see a shield helicarrier come yeah. up and kidnap him. And then Gil's like, I told you, Avenger. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, I love these issues because where do they end up going? It's Is it still in the U.S.? That's a good question because it's obviously like. Oh, no, Mandrapur. Yeah, Mandrapur. Oh, it is in Mandrapur. They go to Mandrapur. That's yeah. right. And I love that fact that just anything sketchy happens in Mandrapur. Mandrapur. Yeah. <laughs> See, we should have known. Yeah. Well, it's Mandrapur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that's... And then they go to Mandrapur right after that because of the tape, like Kenny yeah. was saying. Mm-hmm. 
this whole idea of um, an Avenger killing someone and it's like top dollar, like that's something that everyone wants to bid on, is kind of fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially because like Kingpin's there and everybody. Like the, the Kingpin exists in this book. I think the best that Kingpin could exist in this book. And that is just the aura of threatening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not an actual antagonist that clint is gonna throw punches with but as something that is like fuck i hope we don't get to this red flag yeah this high up you know and it like speaking on that um during the auction when he gets mad at quote-unquote matter mask mm-hmm. um that part i was like fuck yeah she needs to be careful yeah. <laughs> like you're setting the wrong her. dude right now <laughs> <laughs> what is is it this what's knocking around i think yeah i, think I mean it is that. i think it is okay. that I'm going to turn on the fan. You guys can keep talking. I'm just hot. Are you not a fan of this warm room right now? Wow. Nope. Offensive. (laughs) I need to turn on the fan. (laughs) Holy shit. But yeah, he goes to Madripoor. um, Yes. And he's picked up immediately at the airport when he gets there um, by the guards. He, you know, kicks their butts, takes a taxi. And gets robbed. Oh, he steals the taxi, doesn't he? Well, yeah. he gets robbed by the taxi driver. Yeah. And, um, well, not even by the wallet. taxi driver. It's like by someone who like climbs through the window and then like by the person that climbs through the window on top of that person, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I, I was just imagining they were somehow all working together. Oh, yeah. It's all the yeah. group. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, he steals the taxi after that. And he's like, well... If if I need to know stuff about the city, might as well find out from the people that live here. Yeah. I, I love the idea that they're not all working together, and that's just how <laughs> yeah. wild Madripoor is. <laughs> just everybody's trying to steal constantly, which I can imagine is more the case. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that hard to keep your shit. <laughs> I love the idea of Madripoor so much because it's just criminal island. You know, yeah. it's just like a bunch of assholes that just go and just do all kinds of nefarious shit. You think? That like high level criminals like Kingpin would wouldn't want to go there because it would be just such a cesspool of like crime yeah. and nonsense. And he's and a mayor. Would, yeah, and it's true. And he's a mayor now. <laughs> <laughs> not back then. Not back when. Oh, true. Not true. Um, but uh, no, I mean, Madripoor might be like what is it? Saudi Arabia, where the wealth gap is like ginormous. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it's like so like in if, the UAE. Yeah. So if like. It, you know, if you are rich enough to have like a penthouse and stuff, you don't even touch guys who are on the floor, like mm-hmm. the ground level that are like eating, you know, trash mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> I'm so out of it today. <laughs> are you okay? You had a long day yesterday. Yeah, makes sense. I did. Um, but no, I mean, this, these couple of issues are really cool because it's, it's very James Bondish. Mm-hmm. And I love that fact about how you can kind of plug hawkeye into this kind of circumstance you know and they do a fantastic job of like slipping kate bishop into the entire situation mm-hmm. in a way that i mean even for me who had read this was still genuinely surprised again to be like oh that's right that's she's the fucking madam mask who bid way too much money on the thing that yeah <laughs> so i thought that bait and switch is fucking great and the reveal to it where you know she pulls off the mask and we see madam mask tied up in the background is such a good setup to why now that bitch would have every problem in the world why madam mask would want to destroy kate bishop and yeah. have every problem in the world with her because that's i mean that's kind of messed up she just like tied her up in a corner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and used her persona Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think more than anything, that's what makes yeah. her upset. Like, yeah. no, I'm Madame Mask. Yeah, 
And it's it that you know it might be an identity crisis because of all the fucking life model decoys she goes. Yeah, through. and that could have been such an easy throwaway thing to be like, ah, well, you know, she just went to jail after this situation or something. But to like know that like no, this is an easy build up to have a really great arc just with Kate it was mm-hmm. a really was really smart writing in my opinion to have a strong story to go into that felt organic coming from these issues. You know, I agree. So Clint heavy. Um, I love the. It's it's kind of almost a uh, diehard reference where the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Clint, first of all, how he loses his shoe, which yeah. is just that the fucking guy chooses to fall to his death, which is insane. You know, Hawkeye or Clint is like, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna try and save this guy. And so he reaches down. And he's like, grab my hand. And he's like, no. And so he just falls to his death. <laughs> he's with, like, but I'll take your fucking shoe. Yeah, <laughs> with his shoe. Um, and then so later, what would, what what the fuck was, um, what's her name? Hill. Oh, Maria Uh, Hill. Yeah. Maria. What the fuck was she flying around on? (laughs) It's a fucking, I don't remember what they're called. They're, it's got a snake tail. I'm no, just kidding. No, I'm that's just... like it's trail. No, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, it's like a jet bike or something, but Hawkeye notoriously rode on that like all throughout the 70s and 80s. Oh, so, so... it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the bikes that the Jatari were riding around yeah. in, in the first Avengers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, very much. Um, but yeah, so Hawk, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I almost called him Hawk. Uh, you know that hot dude? <laughs> Hawk Barton. Clint Eye. <laughs> he dives into the window and shatters it. Or he kicks through the window and shatters it. Or what happens? No, he shoots he through shoots the window. He shoots through glass. God, he shoots, yeah, an this arrow. This is where that like Aja arch is funny. So this one is... A sonic arrow. Or oh, something. this, this is, is Javier Polito. This is Polito. And so this fucking issue, along with the, the, um, the annual are drawn by Javier Polito, and it's so fucking dope. Has like, he ever done, like, Iron Fist? That's what it makes me think of for some reason. So David reason. Aja did Iron yeah. Fist. <laughs> Is that why they keep mentioning it? Okay. Yeah. I, well, so here's the thing. This book is, like, a perfected version of the Immortal Fist, um, the Immortal Iron Fist, mm-hmm. goddamn, mm. um, which Matt Fraction and David, David Aja. Aja worked on. With yeah, Ed they have Rubaker. the same, like, art style, right? Yes. And so it's it's pretty crazy to see that this book is kind of like a solidified version of maybe what they're trying to reach with with the, the Immortal Iron Fist. Yeah, because yeah. the Immortal Iron Fist is beautiful and great and wonderful, but it's not a complete story. Mm. And, and it came first, right? It, oh yeah, it came first. So that that was basically them showing that as a team they were good writers, and obviously then given this much larger opportunity yeah. to do Hawkeye, which they fucking kill, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that those are honestly both great characters for these guys to write, in my opinion, because they have such an idea of like these characters that would have more grounded storylines, they're much more base level on the street kind of heroes, you know, even more than Daredevil is, who I think is kind of like a. Once again, a rank above them. In the well, sense of yeah. Being... So where Daredevil struggles with, uh, like being a normal human is his like enormous guilt, and Hawkeye is just a normal ass dude. Yeah. You know, he just happens to be an ex carny that can shoot anything with a bow and arrow. And we're in. I think they do a great job of hinting that he can flick fucking <laughs> yeah. a Bottle coin cats, or the right whatever. size coin or whatever yeah. at, at a, a precise and beautiful accuracy. <laughs> and he's all. It has to be at least a nickel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it needs to be heavy enough. Yeah, dimes are too are are, are too light. Um, before we go to our break, I do want to talk about 
he so he shoots through the window. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he <laughs> destroys the window, and so he dives in. And as he's diving in, he's, he's like, like, "Oh no, foot!" He <laughs> or says, whatever. Oh, he says, "Oh wait, shoe, shoe." <laughs> And so he lands on the glass, and uh, he has a bloody sock through the rest that, of the fucking issue. After that, he's all, ow, ow, foot, yeah. ow, ow. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue, is, especially the internal dialogue throughout mm-hmm. this book, is so fucking good. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about Hawkeye. Ooh. Let's wrap it up. Wait a minute. Can he kick me? We're back. Um, You're ugly? Um, yeah, Kenny. Hey, he was talking to you, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny. Holy shit, look at your screen. It broke. I broke my phone. Oh, what the fuck? What is, no, okay. <laughs> you oh, kind of no. got me for a second. <laughs> God damn it. All right, and we're back talking about Hawkeye. Uh, let's talk about the second half of this big, beautiful book. Um, in the first half, we meet. We do actually see Barney and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right? no. Did, did you meet Barney? I don't think so. No. Okay, so... That- Wow. That's yeah, the incredible. first two volumes don't show him at all. So it's only the fourth volume that really talks about Barney. Mm-hmm. So Barney is Clint Barton's brother. Trickshot. Okay. Older brother. And he is trickshot. He dipshit, is what you said? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but he took on the role of Hawkeye during the second era of Dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. like the first one was obviously Clint, and then when Dark Avengers happened, it was bullseye and then young avengers was happening so there's kate and then it was trick shot um and they were both trained by bullseye was hawkeye for a while yeah Mm -hmm. that's i want to read about that (laughs) so it's norman osborne's team yeah and so norman osborne is the iron patriot and okay let's read about that yeah we we could (laughs) actually you know what Fuck yeah. Let's read this on the podcast. I won't say any more. Okay. Good. Um, but yeah, so Trickshot shows up and he's like, hey, brother, I, I need I need some help, you know? And so- <laughs> Hey, they, bro. Yeah. Help me out, bro. Basically. So it, by the end of the, this book, there's three Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. which is a bummer for me because we never get a shot of all three of them with bow and arrows. You know what I mean? Mm. I really would have liked that. And I think that that would have been like the- the really um, satisfying Like the cherry on top. Yeah. And not to run right to the end, but even beyond that, the, the last the few pages of this is so satisfying for me that it kind of brought a little a little, little tear it to did. my eye to get to see these panels again and <laughs> get to too. the ending of it. And I was just like, there they are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I love the way the story ends. And I think the last two pages are some of the best yeah. comic book pages in existence for me personally, just because they build so much emotion for no good reason. I mean, for every good reason, but no good reason <laughs> whatsoever at the same time. So I fucking love it. But um, let's talk about Hawkeye in L.A. real quick. I was going to say, you want to talk about volume three just yeah. written kind of everything that happens in it really quick? Because there's an insane amount that manages to happen in the that single volume and all the running around she manages to do. Yeah. Um, but the main thing and what I loved so much was that her whole is, you know, her dealing with Madame Mask and the fact that when she did choose to take on a persona, she was respectful and didn't remove her mask. And because of that, it allows Madame Mask to like completely fuck with her yeah. for a little while where she doesn't realize that's who this woman is, right, you know, yeah. which she catches on pretty quickly, which yeah. made sense because I it's felt only like, like two pages maybe. Yeah. Before she kind of figures it out. But um I just love that whole kind of uh cat and mouse game they play with each other where it's like you know she just says it pretty well she's like she doesn't know that i know that i know she knows that i know that we know 
<laughs> She's talking to Lucky because Lucky goes along with her. <laughs> Which I was kind of bummed out. That's one thing that bones me out a little bit is I liked the idea that she takes Lucky at the end of Volume 2 and he goes there, but then he doesn't do much the entire time he's in Volume 3. They do a good job of making sure to have him where he Show needs up. to be at all yeah. times, but um, there's he doesn't that... do anything yeah. to anything. Yeah. And at yeah. the end of Volume 2 is when Lucky had his own... Like the pizza dog uh-huh. yeah. issue, and, right? And it ends with him leaving with Kate. Which, yeah. which that really bummed me out because I wanted him to solve the case. Oh, like yeah. I wanted him to go back to Barton and be, and then Barton be like, "What's wrong, old Yeller? A little yeah. kid trapped in a well, yeah. you know? <laughs> Evil clown running around killing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be old Yeller because old Yeller's dead. It would yeah. be Lassie. Dang, that one go. too. We, we shot them all. Oh, hey, not lucky. <laughs> but I, I really think that uh, Annie Wu's artwork mm-hmm. does such a great job for the vibrance and craziness that is meant to be California and L.A. in this story. You know, it never misses a beat of just really keeping the tone of like, this is this is a story about a much younger, goofier person, yeah. you know, who's you thought he was a fuck up. But you <laughs> see the nonsense she gets herself into yeah, without so- him. So this is one of the volumes that I didn't read. Right. Um, so what, who, who's all taking part in this volume? So she kind of gets her own new set of um, like neighbors mm-hmm. and uh, friends. And even though Madame Mask is the main antagonist, once again, she kind of steps into a, a fisk role where she is the shadow above and where Clint is dealing with the tracksuit mafia. She's dealing with like a bunch of like, terrifying bellboys the bellboy gang (laughs) interesting okay it's kind of cool yeah and i love that there's goons that Mm -hmm. have unique outfits like that like tracksuits you know are pretty synonymous with mafia and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but uh, not so much like red tracksuits for russian mafia you know what i mean and so then there's also the bellboys and that's such a unique design for antagonists Mm -hmm. you know um especially in this kind of quirkier sense um but yeah she she ends up trying to become a pi in la because madame mask quickly destroys all of her items or, or the steals bellboys all her do. shit yeah. yeah the bellboys either destroy or steal all of her shit and so she doesn't have anything and so she takes on a job uh babysitting a cat in a winnebago out by the beach yeah. and so, honestly a dream job how could she get so lucky <laughs> Uh, but granted, it doesn't pay very well. So she's living for free in this Winnebago, and she meets another couple who live next to her that are getting married, but their orchids were stolen. And the orchids were part of like this big like design for their wedding. They had this big dream for their wedding. Yeah. And, and so who that's... Who steals orchids? Well, exactly. <laughs> and so that's her first big PI job is to try to hunt down the orchid stealing person which yeah. just gets even more ridiculous honestly it gets kind of kind of silly but in like a fun kind of way of the sense exactly it's just like the quirky things she would manage mm-hmm. to kind of get herself into and it, i mean and i liked these issues because it kind of toned it down mm-hmm. just a hair of feeling a little more lighthearted and not so because a lot of the clint stuff's kind of sad you know yeah. if you really kind of read yeah. it for what it is it's i was kind of depressed right along there with him you know chugging the coffee out of the pot and just being like <laughs> fuck man <laughs> well i kind of i kind of like that idea of her being um a pi you know mm-hmm. I, I love i've that always idea. Yeah, I've always loved that idea, and I like that's one of the reasons why I like Jessica Jones, you know, because mm-hmm. she's a PI. It's just there's so much you can do from that point, you know. So it'd be cool to see Clint 
as a PI. And it's when you're you like, yeah. and For, it's when you're like powerful, but not powered, you know, yeah, like necessarily. Exactly. So it's like that first job, you'd obviously be like, well, what can I use this for? Uh, detective work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, her missions here in LA become very quirky and cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where the book really, really reminded me of sex criminals. I mm. felt like it was very much in tone other than what it was about. They were just all coming this, all the time. <laughs> almost, this almost didn't feel like a Marvel comic at times. I felt like I was reading something much more image or, you know, like yeah, yeah something more, much more independent, much more Indian style and writing. Um, and especially for that volume alone, you know, if you'd have plucked it out and been like, oh, this isn't Hawkeye. This is a, this is just Bo Girl from the Image Universe. They'd yeah. be like, oh, that, that works, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's incredible because Matt Fraction is able to create two distinct tones mm-hmm. with these two different books where whenever we're with Clint, it's, you know, it can be wordy, but it's the design of it is so much more structured and grid based. While whenever we're back with with a uh, uh, case, it's erratic and, um, you know, spontaneous. And so this volume... because she's from Jersey. <laughs> and he's it, from Brooklyn. It could be, yeah. Um, Jersey doesn't have the grid system, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah. making like, shit like, up. Like a Madame Mass, though. Yeah, I, oh, your phone does that thing where oh, you I can't, can't see, see it. Yeah. So I thought you were just showing him a blank screen. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, she doesn't even have a fucking mask on. Doesn't even have a mask That's on. That's the thing, what yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> Look at her. her guys, more like her, Madame Nomad. gang of bellboys. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little ding every time while editing this episode. Every time you guys called Madam Mask a bitch, I think we're probably up to five now. Dude, what a bitch! What are you talking about? <laughs> You're talking about that one bitch? Yeah, the bitch in the mask. No, no, no. Yeah. She didn't have a mask right there. Yeah, she did. She's just a bitch right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the weird thing that starts kind of running mm. through is that in the the cat has very specific needs that she's babysitting. So in the the canned food aisle of the store for all the cat food, she starts meeting this kind of strange guy who seems to be intentionally kind of coming around anytime she's there and offering her advice in her situation and stuff. And so I was kind of like, is this like someone? I thought he was going to be someone powerful like trying to be a hand in her which it turns out he's basically just someone who's in a very similar situation to her which is that he's like under madam mask thumb she's like will not let him leave la and somehow no matter anytime he does try to escape the bellboys fucking find him and they beat the shit out of him they keep him in the city so no matter all for years no matter his efforts he cannot leave los angeles yeah where did she find all these bellboys from? Dude, she's, is there just a lot of hotels? Life yeah. model decoys. I mean, it's LA. There's <laughs> hotels everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they are life model decoys. <laughs> I guess that would be true. Huh? Um, th- so that character, the cat food aisle man. Yeah. Do is, we get a name? Uh, I'm sure yeah, we do. It's cat food aisle oh, man. man. Frankly. Oh, yeah. we do. Hello. It's Harold H. Harold. <laughs> yes. Which is also another theme from Sex Criminals. There's Dewey. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was also like three repetitive names. Yeah, and name just like that. Um, but no, that is a analog, not an analog, but a reference to the Elliot Gold movie, The Long Goodbye. Oh, okay. That's literally the same character. Not the circumstance, but his like look, his demeanor, 
the fact that he's buying cat food, it's from that movie. So this shit's just full of pop references then, too, because obviously all the Brian Wilson nonsense in that issue being just a ridiculous rip of the Beach Boys all the way down to her. So there's a whole issue where she helps a guy. Brian Wilson. Yeah, whose name is... Will Bryson. Will Will Bryson, but Brian Wilson, who... (laughs) Was the, the main, main guy Beach from Boy. The Beach Boys. He wrote oh. all the main the songs for the Beach Boys. You know, yeah. essentially are the good ones anyway. Um, but she helps him because his brother stole a bunch of his music and put it out on the internet because he's been working on the same album for like thirty years. You know, oh, um, it must be bad. <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time I think this is off topic, but every time I think of the Beach Boys, I think of that one song. Well. I'm going to, hold on, let me preface this by saying, like, I've, I've always heard it wrong growing up, so this is how I think about it now. But that song is like, give me the beat, boys, and free my <laughs> That's soul. not the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh, but you think give me the I, Beach Boys. When I was little, I heard him say, give me the Beach Boys and free my dang, soul. And I was all, damn, this guy hilarious. loves the Beach Boys. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> give me the Beach Boys and free my soul. <laughs> Oh god, that's that is so the lyric. fucking funny. Like the, <laughs> that should be the lyric. That should be the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the bounty hunter uh, looking for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> give, give them up, man! They're gonna free my soul. <laughs> oh no, the Beach Boys are eating demons. <laughs> oh, they have his soul. <laughs> give me the Beach Boys, free my soul. <laughs> wow um but yeah so kate has to deal with all this shit and somehow it's always connected to the bell boys and madam the beach boys yeah Yeah, the beach boys um but she does eventually get out of la she doesn't really solve any of her issues no she kind of (laughs) doesn't And she finds out that her dad is part of the big underground gang organization with Owsley and Fisk and Hammerhead and everybody else. Okay. Yeah. And And it's like her actual father? It is her actual father. And that's something that I think was known pre this Mm -hmm. book, but Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily by Kate. I don't know. Yeah. The reason I ask if it's her actual father, because in the The show... show... She has a stepfather. Right. And that's as far as I know. Oh, you don't know him? You don't know who he is? Well, I... I, I've watched further than you, so I do. I'm just not talking about Okay, it. okay. Because I... I well, second you know, I saw him. You okay. know who Jack Duquesne is? No, not really. Like, okay. not in I've just <laughs> been watching That's what he's asking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What's it called? I think they just did a gender swap on the parent that survived. Yeah. Is what it is. For, frankly, oh, where okay. her mom dies... Right in the comics, I don't think there? her mom is, is dead. dead. Okay, well, I just think the pa- the rich parent. And who right. is her mom exactly? In the show, it's going to be different. Okay, yeah. so in in here, she was just the husband or the wife to this man who had some bad dealings with yeah. Yeah. you know. Because in the show, her mom is like the CEO of a like security company, right? Or I think that's fresh. That's brand new. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Kate, all of this stuff as, as wonderful and fun as it is, it is filler. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and it's because for whatever reason, I don't remember the story back then, but these issues were being released wrong and out of order because David Aja's art wasn't done or something. And so that's why these two volumes are split like this. Interesting. Yeah, and so that makes so much sense. Well, that they would that they would want to give him the time to finish the this, stuff, you know what I mean? Right. The Clint stuff, and so they're like, "Well, let's just throw out some <laughs> some Kate Bishop stuff on the East Coast." That exactly. obviously, not to like 
to bash the art, but you can tell was probably a little more quickly paced out at times. There is definitely some parts of it that the the detailing isn't nearly as there. You know what right. I mean? We get a little bit more uh, cartoonish style of drawing. And def- there's one panel that really made me laugh where uh, it very felt very anime because Kate Bishop literally is shaped like the letter Y in the sense that she has this gigantic wide upper body. But by the time you get down to her hips and legs, they're drawn like incredibly skinny. <laughs> and it's meant to be like a twisting kind of motion while she does oh, the bow and okay. arrow. But it just looked kind of silly. It might have yeah. been uh, Budilo's art because Potentially. It's, it's very um I wish I could stylistic. find it really quick. You know, yeah. um, I'm happy y'all are bringing this up because this is actually something I did want to talk about. I... Um, I enjoyed the artwork a lot. Oh. I love the motion mm-hmm. in this so artwork, kind of, and I love kind of shit. I love. Oh, the I see what you mean. So, that's, oh, dude, that that's it's to create, a weird angle. That's to create depth. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. But it just her hips are further away. Yeah. yeah. But there's ways to create depth that don't look quite so yeah. goofy. <laughs> but I do notice a difference in, um, not necessarily the quality, but the style. Okay. M- moving from the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, volumes to the third volume because I did flip through it a little bit. Yeah. I didn't read it, but no, I mean overall, I actually really enjoyed the artwork mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. in these comics. Um, especially in obviously the volumes that I read. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just there's a lot of strange kind of I guess grittiness to it. Like it's not it's not a hundred percent gritty, but it's not a hundred percent clean, and, and so it just blends together so fucking well. And uh, like I was saying as well, the motion is just so smooth in this. And I, I just liked it. I loved it. Here, let's open up this issue. Yeah. Because you're right. So what is so wonderful about David Aja's art is it is stylistic because where his pen strokes are much thicker mm-hmm. than you would typically see in a comic, it creates a different sense of depth. I almost try to zoom in. like, <laughs> <laughs> And so... It makes it feel like there's a thick, big shadow on this dog, even though there's the color right behind him that yeah. shows there mm-hmm. is no shadow there. And so it creates a, a, a sense of noir. It creates mm. a sense of, you're right, grittiness. And I that's why this fucking book is so fucking good. And it's even the, de- the design beyond the panels, because mm-hmm. it's not like we're getting like these wild, broken panels like you'll see sometimes in things like blue and green or something. I mean, we're getting these perfectly boxed squares, right. but mm-hmm. there's so much going on in between them or the selection on how they're even planted around the page. Yeah. There's just so much thought even to like the shaping of the book, even beyond the artwork itself that tells an even deeper level of story once you're getting into it. And I think that's fucking incredible, especially in this issue in particular, yeah. where it's, it kind of feels sporadic and crazy until you really take the time to look at what you're being yeah. given. And then it tells a very contained and unrecognizable tale from a dog's point of view which is once again incredible for me yeah. all the way from exactly confused bacon bar or bacon to you know fuck these guys they hit me you yeah. know <laughs> they hit me look so they beat me plus they don't give me food <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that's one of those thoughts so caution <laughs> but i love an arrow yeah <laughs> Of course, he knows that name. Yeah. That's one of the few mm. words he's able to exactly. pick up. Exactly. And the fact that even the dialogue, we only get words that a dog would definitely pick up. <laughs> yeah, like right here, he's things. like not and strong, and it shows him like trying to understand him. <laughs> and he's like, good boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about the fourth volume. Because mm-hmm. Kate 
finally comes home. Yeah, and I was going to ask, how far did you get? Like, what did you read? Uh, let me, let me. You see. just probably started the animated. No, oh, yeah, I think I didn't even get through the animated. Okay, so I then you I didn't get almost done with that. So you didn't read any of the fourth volume. Essentially. Yeah, no, that, none of it that mattered. The anime was the anime part was giving me a headache. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so that is another filler issue to give mm-hmm. David Aja more time. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this fourth volume cleans up the rest of the story with David Aja's art in the forefront. Um, I'm pretty sure what uh, what is his name? Iliopoulos. Uh, uh, yes, Chris Iliopoulos. Poulos. Chris Iliopoulos. Mm, it's Greek or something. Hmm. Um, but he he kind of helps David Aja's art um, in this last volume as well. But so, okay, so let's talk about the last volume. And Frank Avila, for that matter. Yeah, Frank Avila has mm, the... Uh, that first issue where we get introduced to Barney and kind of yeah. get his situation in being there. How did you feel about Barney even being in the book? It was interesting to see it come up so late in the story, but that partly, once again, is because this is so kind of like sporadically given to us it's not given to us yes uh in the exact order that it is necessarily told in and i like that that it's not totally chronological because we kind of get to see the fact that barney's been around for part of the story we read in volume two and once again we see him here in issue 11 you know and Mm -hmm. so it shows that he was there longer than before we read him it's just kind of getting the back you know getting caught up into the realities of how he got here in the first place yeah um but I, for the same reason you even talked about earlier, I loved the idea of, holy shit, now we have three Hawkeyes that have come together to deal with this issue and that how, you know, that's going to be an exciting um, experience. But I love this Frank Avia issue where we got to see their kind of backstory together yeah. and how Barney really is the reason Clint is the way that he is. He taught him everything he knows. He taught him how to fight. And once again, we get the coin trick and that is learned from Barney. And we see him teach Clint how to throw the coins in such a way that he has that pinpoint accuracy, which is just, you know, I love anything where the, those eggs are being planted throughout the whole story, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, but once again, where seeds are being planted in a way that they just slowly grow into a tree or, you know, this, this or an egg plant, or an egg plant, you know, (laughs) or an egg. Such a good call. Getting eggplants <laughs> over here. Um, and that's just one of those little things you wouldn't think twice about the fact that it keeps coming up again in the story until it becomes its relevant finale in the end, right. which I just fucking I eat that shit fucking with two hands. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's dope. And they build their dynamic pretty well. Um, but Barney comes back into this and he's um, he's quickly made friends with a lot of the neighbors, and obviously Grills dies. Uh, oh yeah, that really upset me. Yeah, so there's this clown that shows up and kills Grills, and his name is Kazi. Kazi, right? Kazi yeah. the clown, and Kazi is hired by the. I don't know if he's related to the tracksuit mafia, but at least he works in tandem with them mm-hmm. in this. Final They're arc. like his go-to hitman. He's like their go-to hitman. Right. Tracksuit Draculas. Right? Yeah, the tracksuit Draculas. And uh, <laughs> even Ivan comes back to kind of pick up the mess that he allowed happen, which is basically the tracksuit mafia owns a good portion of like three blocks by three blocks mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. this area in New York. 
and right smack dab in the middle, Clint refuses to sell the apartment. The one building. Yeah. <laughs> and so they can't control it the the best way that they want to, which is I think they want to tear it down. Yeah, and, and just build, condemn all of it. Yeah. Yeah. They want to build like a luxury shopping area. I think that's what they talk about, yeah. Which is, you know, always the always the, the, the always it's condos <laughs> or shopping malls, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking evil corporations. Yeah, for real. God damn it. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh Ivan comes back and they come up with the idea that we'll just hit them first. And I love the ending of that issue where we just see one of the bars that these guys must go to and everyone's just scattered across the floor and there's arrows and shit. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Barney has been, oh, they got attacked by Kazi. That's right. Mm -hmm. And Kazi deafened. Okay, Clint. well, that's what I wanted to, yeah. So, okay. Clint Barton gets, yeah, deafened and... Uh, and Barney gets put in a wheelchair. And Barney gets crippled and put in a wheelchair. It, he gets shot through the leg, I believe, or something like that. And so he's in a, a mm, wheelchair. But he, he stabs an arrow through a door and then into Hawkeye's, like, ear is literally how he actually deafens him. And I was kind of confused on how it deafens both ears because it I think does. he broke it in half and stabbed it's both, both ears like that. Is yeah. that what it even is? So he... Fucking, yeah, like that part's violent and it's Damn. awful and it's such a crazy thing where, yeah, obviously for the show, they chose to kind of like, well, it's just because he's aged out and that's why he's having a hard time hearing. But to have, you know, his, his ears taken away from him in such a gesture is just such a more intense way to go about it. And this fact that it's like taking everything away from him in a sense, you know, like yeah. have its sight and sight and hearing go or the you know two halves of the most necessary coins in order to do anything tricky you know <laughs> so. and um apparently at one point in their childhood he had been previously temporarily deafened, mm -hmm. and so they had already gone through this barney and clint having to deal with clint mm -hmm. being deaf and learning and so there's and... an issue that's like half the half the half the book is uh half the issue is in sign language you see the diagram of the what he's trying to do i noticed that when i was flipping through the pages yeah yeah and it's pretty fucking cool and i, I love, love that it. they don't give you the they don't tell you what they're signing yeah. you have to kind of just figure it out for yourself and yes. so a lot of it you know they don't directly tell you exactly what's being signed you just kind of have to you know through context understand or, yeah, yeah through context understand what's being said between them and that's such a it's like barrier it's like going yeah. back to barrier mm -hmm. and being forced to like do the best you can to understand in a world where now that you're struggling the exact same as the characters you're and, reading about you know you're only getting as much as you can and you know what that goes back to this issue that we were talking about yeah. with the dog mm -hmm. where it, you know it's a good story you know it's good when they can tell you a clear, concise story without telling you anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Without have, having there actually be dialogue. Having they dialogue give you a full story. Be taken away from them as a tool, you know, yeah, exactly. entirely. I love the rest of the book, though, because the next two or three issues, Clint has taken upon himself to, <laughs> that was yeah, that, yeah. um, to read lips. And so whenever he's not completely sure about a word, it's in parentheses with like a question mark. He's like, you know, like, so it looks like that. So anytime he's reading lips, the dialogue kind of is like broken like that. Cause it's like him, like picking up the words or like, yeah, yeah sometimes he'll have one word and then it'll be like, actually it was, must've been this word <laughs> to fill in. It's like, uh, Text correction, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it sure. kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know why, but The Sound of Metal. Oh, and yeah. him just trying to fucking cope with that 
fact that he's deaf now and that was everything he needed to for his career. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hawkeye's a little different. You mainly need your eyes and your hands. Yeah, but um, yeah, true. so they decide to hit the tracksuit mafia or whoever's trying to hit them first and they go nice. in and they just fuck them up. And that, I honestly love that part because it's exactly, no matter what you've taken away from them, they're still willing to be like, fuck it, we'll just come and kick y'all's ass and we can still do mm-hmm. it, you know? Um, Kate comes back and they go to Grill's funeral beforehand. Mm. And um, and so Grill's dad is there by the time the tracksuit mafia comes back to the apartment building. And so Ivan's back in town. They got him somehow back into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so now Ivan's having to lead the tracksuit mafia back into the building and take back what is technically theirs. And Hawkeye basically gave a big speech to everyone living in the building. Like, if we don't all fight together, none of us are going to yeah. win. So they've all kind of banded together to now do like a Home Alone style yeah. get them. Which they... <laughs> That Grill's sounds dad, pretty good, though. Hmm? Grill's dad is the coolest, where he's literally dropping, like, flaming, like, charcoal, charcoal. Um, <laughs> multiple grills onto the guys as they're infiltrating the building. So, the funny thing about Grills uh, that I, well, something that I found funny, um, obviously his name's Gil, yeah. right? Or short for Gilbert. Um, and Hawkeye's like, why Why do people call you Grills? And he never really, like, um, goes into depth about that. Obviously, it's because he's the one who's always cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um there's the issue where uh grills dies and hawkeye calls him grills and he's like it's gill and so that just right there that little bit of context makes me believe that hawkeye came up with the nickname grills all on his own (laughs) and because he's misheard people saying gill oh that's probably true (laughs) that's a good call um yeah no i know it's pretty crazy that uh there's even that kind of dynamic because mm-hmm. it's not like Gil gets his name right. No, exactly. Calling, calling him Hawk, Hawk guy. guy the whole yeah. time. Um, well, he's obviously doing it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about the end of this book. And basically, they get Kazi back. Do they kill him? Kazi? Yeah. Well, he, that's where, once again, that's where the finally the coin trick comes to finale. Oh, and I kind of have right. to guess that it does kill him because he takes it. Well, we see her put the... For Gil's collar, funeral. For Gil's funeral, we see Kate Bishop put a collar uh, stay. stay in Clint's collars because they want they keep wanting to flip up. Mm-hmm. So with that basically is just like a pick about that long yeah. and it clips in your collar. And so in the final fights with Kazi, we see Clint pull one of those clips out and fling it just right into his fucking eyeball and it's even the eyeball with the tear and everything so it's like this beautiful dramatic moment of like getting what you deserve and just and Kazi even had another name they called him like the clown right Mm -hmm. it's Kazi the clown yeah exactly and uh because I think he was gonna there even in some designs he was even more he was almost Joker-esque yeah Yeah. like very Todd Phillips Joker looking in a way (laughs) oh yeah no I I felt like he was also um kind of like the what's his name Joaquin Phoenix Joker yeah. And one of those. Todd Phillips. Todd Joker. Phillips Joker. Todd Phillips oh. is the director. Oh, yeah. That's, see, that's <laughs> what I meant. I was testing you guys. Same exact one. <laughs> Y'all uh, are way better at that kind of stuff than me. Like with oh. directors, writers, oh. and artists like that. I We could talk about it all day long and I will forget their names. Guaranteed. <laughs> Don't worry. Me too. I'm not that great either. No, you're you're way better than me. <laughs> but um, I like that we even got the fucking old mm-hmm. lady Oh. You know, bro that came in and had had to get have her two cents because she was mad about her family, you know. Yeah. But uh, I really just thought all of this final part was so nuts. And I was convinced that fucking Barney was dead. I was actually kind of blown away that 
He yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he got blown several, or like shot several times mm-hmm. in the stomach. He got, he got blown pretty blown blown. several times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, and I love that we had a lot of like uh, Spider-Woman and um, yeah. Black Widow and all of them kind of having to help Bobby. along mm-hmm. the way. And Bobby, you know, I just loved having those cameos. And the fact that these women, in spite of all their indifferences with Clint, still feel love for him and the need to like help him. And right. one of them literally being his ex-wife, who we yeah. see... Bring they divorce get, papers. They yeah. get divorced in this he, book. His in current book, yeah. girl friend, friend that's a girl. Yeah. yeah, isn't it on Valentine's Day too? I she think literally so. brings the yeah. Valentine's. He's like, today sucks. I'm going back to bed. And he didn't even know, like, when he signed it. Yeah. Like, he was just like, all right, I signed these papers you wanted me to See, sign. What's going on? That's what's kind of blowing me away about all this. Is it's like for 22 issues, this book seemed to have moved like a hundred miles an hour. We get mm. everything from such down-to-earth moments like signing divorce papers, hanging out with your buddy Grills, whose name is actually Gil, and helping his dad get saved from a flood, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way up to high-level, you know, billion-dollar auctions and, you know, just so much much action. There's a lot of action in these issues. So it's kind of crazy how much is crammed into this story in such a short amount of time. You know, it really is... I mean, I'm surprised that we're, we don't have like a insane, you know, like broken amount of stuff to talk about because it really is. I think that is maybe even the problem is there was just so much we got yeah. exposed to in this last right. week, you know. Um, but it just shows the level of writing and intelligence put into these 22 issues. I fucking loved rereading it. And, you know, it definitely made my flight times from Vegas <laughs> a lot more bearable in yeah. so many ways. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I read the entire Kate Bishop bishop issue uh or volume in a single flight and was just so blown away by the exactly how condensed that one volume is you could just throw that at anybody and they don't need anything else yeah to have really they could just have seen the show and then you say oh you like to keep bishop here this yeah. is literally that same character put in page and it is i mean i really believe that uh the show is doing an honest representation now that i have read something that you know once again that really shows kate bishop's uh quirkiness right. and attitude you know so well i will let you guys know we are returning to hawkeye sooner than later and it'll be more condensed it won't be so much because you're right like this could have been two episodes we could have mm-hmm. done the first half and then the second half and that would have been two full episodes because there's so much to talk about in this fucking book it almost feels like we just reread all of sex criminals <laughs> you know what i mean i could agree with that for sure <laughs> um but we will be returning to hawkeye sooner than later um and then we'll give the the show its full talkings about yes, that it deserves good. yeah is it this one That's which is basically page. just that barney had hinted Sorry. that they had hinted that Clint had stolen a bunch of money from Barney years ago. And so we get the uh, nice little finale where Barney's like, yep, I stole all your money. And I took the family I obviously got close to in the apartment building. And now we're on a boat. So we left. Wow. Um, But we get to see him hang up the call. And we see that he now definitely has hearing hearing aids in both ears because he's a broken boy in a beautiful home. But you know what? It doesn't stop him. So he's just, he's just like becomes those kids' stepfather. Yeah, Barney does. Yeah. (laughs) But as he lines up his shot to fire, Kate walks in and she lines up with him and they just take their shot. Yeah. And that's the end. And we, with from the point of view of the arrow, go towards the target (laughs) to the end. Well, now, well, now I know though, um, how he got his money. That's oh, how he got he his money. He stole it from his brother. Stole it from his brother. I think there's one part where he says, "Like I stole it from my uncle or my cousin. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got all this money from my uncle." He says yeah. something like that, but I I couldn't. I didn't know if he was fucking around. Yeah, you know. 
Um, Hawkeye is a beautiful and wonderful book. And a beautiful, wonderful person. Honestly, I love Clint Barton and all of his yeah. struggles and imperfections, you know? Yeah. So I really think that that's part of why this book is so great, though, is that it is a character that is someone like Peter Parker. He's so one you can we can really attach ourselves to. And especially now, I think kind of in the age group, we're kind of in a little bit more mm-hmm. that this is was someone that I was like, damn, I, I could just as easily be going through these struggles. Yeah. You know, and, and the more down to earth shit, obviously not the fucking tracksuit mafia. But <laughs> <laughs> if I was an amazing archer, maybe, you know, um, so. do you do you feel like it's a crime that we won't ever get something like this Clint in any other kind of an adaptation where it comes to the movies or anything like that. I feel like from what I've even experienced in the show, they're doing their best now to try to, but it's not. And there's, I, I think it is a bummer. We won't ever get this kind of like, yeah, young, schlubby. yeah, young schlubby kind of, uh, not schlubby and like, no, in a good way. Physique, <laughs> but yeah, schlubby it's just harder like, to sell. You think you know, so? I, I think, think for a movie or TV show, it's harder to sell. I think for a comic book, it's it's a lot easier to do. I think it's because the MCU solidified this version of Hawkeye before Matt ever jumped on Fair this enough. book, before yeah. Fraction ever did this book. And so Fraction created a Hawkeye that was now impossible to pull off in the MCU. Gotcha. You know? And I like the idea that we even get the hints that this Hawkeye that we're reading used to be the Hawkeye that we know from the movies mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's just chosen that that was never anything he ever really wanted to be. And then if the much more casual lifestyle is the way for him, you yeah. know, that he was never someone of like high society assassins, you know, but yeah, I think the MCU just saw the ultimate Hawkeye and we're like, Oh look, cool. He's a hitman <laughs> in sunglasses. Yeah. Let's go with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked when he was naked and we put the original. Oh, dude, I love that on his, on his dingling. Uh, come back next week. We'll be talking about <laughs> Spider Man by yeah, Brian will. Michael Bendis and Ooh, I don't know the artist. I think it's Sarah Pacelli. Let me double check. Wow, you didn't even write it down. I know. Usually, you should right Pacecki. There. Right there, usually. Uh, give me the info. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, come back next week. It is Sarah Pacelli. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and Spider-Man 2. We're doing both of them. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2. Yeah, not Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So we'll be reading Spider-Man 1 and 2, Brian Michael Bendis, Sarah Pacelli. Yes, Sarah Pacelli. Um, I'm trying to find out if Sarah Pacelli did the second one, too, and I think she did be sure to like and subscribe yes follow, follow us, us on, on instagram instagram apple podcasts uh, rate us on itunes so it yeah is. itunes that helps yeah. the most that does help out a ton rate and review um but no matter what just keep on listening yes you know sir. what we really do appreciate the ever loving shit out of you for it Whoa. so <laughs> fuck yeah a fucking a before we go though i just did want to say if you see madam mask on the street Call her a bitch. What, uh, man, dude, she a bitch. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> Next week we're gonna be talking Spider Man, so we will see you then, or we will see you on another time, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.